This is JDSA's Law Talk. This is the program that gives you the straight facts on our laws and how they affect your everyday personal and professional life. Estate tax. We've all heard the expression, there are two things you can be certain of in life, death and taxes. But what about taxes after your death? I mean, who pays? Who doesn't? Estate tax is a highly complicated part of the law, and what you leave behind could be far more valuable than you realize. So planning ahead to help your loved ones avoid a huge tax bill? It's important. In this episode of JDSA's Law Talk, attorney Evan McCauley is back to discuss what you should know about estate tax and help to answer the question, will your estate have to pay? Evan, always great to talk to you. Great to be back. Now, I know that when we talk about estate tax, this is a highly individual concept. Everybody's situation is different, but there are some big picture takeaways that everyone could take away and think about as they think about how to deal with this issue. Yes? Absolutely. The the main thing is estate tax is a voluntary tax. If planned accordingly, you can avoid it. So it's it's just having that knowledge and basic planning opportunity and and in many cases, you can avoid paying any estate tax. This is what we're here for. It's going to be a fun conversation, and it could be a very profitable conversation. It's coming your way next. Estate tax. Will your estate have to pay? It's next, right here on JDSA's Law Talk. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Hear more programs and read in-depth articles on the law at JDSALaw.com. Welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. Now, if you have a question about today's topic or a topic suggestion for a future episode, email us at lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. I'm your host, Clint Strand, talking with our featured attorney, Evan McCauley, about the estate tax. Will your estate have to pay? So, Evan, let's get the basics out of the way here. When we say estate tax, what do we mean? Yeah, essentially an estate tax is a wealth transfer tax that that takes effect on the value of the assets that you own at your death. So your death triggering your estate, and your estate would include all property that you own at your death, whether it be real estate, cash in the bank, stocks and bonds, your car, your artwork, or the gold coins that you have in your safe deposit box, anything that you own at your death. You die, the sum total of what you own, the state or the federal government's going to take a cut. To be simplistic about it, that's what you're saying. They want to take a cut, and that's where (laughs) estate planning and estate tax planning comes into play. All right, so this episode's going to focus primarily on Washington estate tax, but we will talk a little bit about federal uh, estate tax as well, yes? Yeah, there's really, there's two concepts we need to think about. There's a Washington estate tax. It's a standalone estate tax, Clint. It's Mm -hmm. imposed on Washington residents on their assets that are located within the state of Washington. And that's different than the federal estate tax, which is an estate tax on assets that you own, uh, regardless of whether they're in the state of Washington or not. And the two taxes are completely separate, and they have different rules. So really, we need to look at both Washington and federal estate taxes, but the reality is, is 99.9% of the population is no longer subject to federal estate tax, given that the exemptions are now very, very high. And this is getting into the <clears throat> next topic that I wanted to talk about. We have givens, we have variables, and then we have misconceptions. So let's talk about the common errors. What are some of the big misconceptions that people have when we talk about estate tax? I think there's, there's really a couple common errors. One is 
it's a voluntary tax. So it, it it's an estate tax. It's a, and it's it's a tax on your wealth or a wealth transfer tax. But there are ways to avoid it completely by giving away your assets prior to your death. So really, a lack of planning is planning to fail in this case. A failure to plan is planning to fail. In this case, when you're talking about if your end goal is to have the most amount of your wealth transferred to your heirs or to the people who you want to, you can plan for it and really, to a large extent, accomplish that mission. Yeah, and that's really if... If estate tax avoidance is your primary goal, and in many cases there are reasons why paying a little bit of estate tax may not be your end goal, uh, as it may impact some of your other planning goals that relate to where you want your property to go when you're when you're deceased. And you mentioned it earlier. I mean, not everyone pays this tax. We're really talking about, by and large, the wealthier estates here. We are talking about wealthier estates, and maybe this is a good segue into the estate tax exemption amounts. Sure. In Washington, each individual has an estate tax exemption of approximately $2.2 million in 2018. Well, let me look under my couch cushions there. That's a sizable amount. It is a sizable amount, and for married couples, that doubles really up to about $4.4 million. So we're, we're talking about... Uh, folks that have accumulated during their lifetime substantial property and property that oftentimes is tied up in either a family business or in real estate. And sometimes that complicates planning around estate tax. You can't just give away the family business. You can't just give away your real estate. Absolutely. As far as Washington state estate tax, say that three times fast. When we talk about that, how much is that? That That is the $2.193 million and then Double for the for the couples, yes? That's what That's you're correct. saying? Okay. And the marital deduction, all property left to a sur- surviving spouse passes free of estate tax, yes? It does. And, and that could be good or it could be bad. Because if, if I'm representing a married couple that owns $3.5 million worth of assets and the first spouse passes away and leaves everything to the, his or her surviving spouse, now that surviving spouse has more than the $2.193 million exemption. So, yes, on the first death, there's no estate tax, but now you've got a backloaded estate and a surviving spouse is going to take the brunt of that estate, and we're going to forfeit that first spouse's estate tax exemption. So, again, planning is key here. Let's talk about considerations. When you're thinking about the sum total of your estate, when you start making your estate plan, what do you need to throw in that bag there? What do you need to put on that ledger? The most common thing people think about when they own property is real estate, cash in the banks, IRAs, things like that. Where people oftentimes forget about assets that they own is life insurance. Life insurance, when you own it, doesn't have any value to you because it's, it's just a, a contract for a payment at your death. But for an estate tax planning attorney, the amount of life insurance you own is crucial because included in your estate is the death benefit of that policy. That money becomes real. So for for many people, they look at their estates and say, well, I don't have an estate subject to estate tax. But if they've got $2 million in life insurance on their name and and they die, now they add that $2 million to what they otherwise own. Now, oftentimes they become subject to an estate tax without knowing it. Oh, that's wild. Never even thought about that. So you'd mentioned earlier that when it comes to the estate tax, you view it as a voluntary tax, right? That's correct. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to get into the meat of it. We're going to talk about tactics and things that you can do 
to lessen that estate tax as much as possible. That more, it's coming your way next right here on JDSA's Law Talk. JDSA's Law Talk will be right back with more on today's topic. Add your voice to the show. Email your questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Real estate law. The complexities are vast. At JDSA Law, our team of attorneys provide you with sound legal advice on all types of real estate transactions. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Hear more Law Talk programs now at JDSALaw.com. Welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. Now remember, you can always connect with us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter, too. Just search for at JDSA Law. I'm your host, Clint Strand, talking with our featured attorney, Evan McCauley, about the estate tax. Evan, let's get into the fun part here. The tactics, the playbook, the thing that we have to follow here. What are some popular ways to lessen the amount that one needs to pay if you're looking at the prospect of an estate tax? Well, there's, there's really three main things that are the basic foundation of estate tax planning. The first one involves if, if it's a married couple, you're planning in a way to ensure that you both are able to fully utilize each of your estate tax exemptions. So unlike the I love you will, where on first death, husband gives everything to wife, uh, we're really creating trusts, estate tax savings trusts within each of the married couple's wills so that on the first death, half of the value of everything they own really goes into a trust for the benefit of the surviving spouse. And we structure that trust in a way that allows the first spouse to u- fully utilize their estate tax exemption. Okay. So, but we are talking once again about estates that are usually sizable. The quote unquote, and use the term, I love you, Will, is that necessarily a problem for people who have more modest estates? No, we're really looking at estates that are over and above the estate tax exemption amount. So, Married couples that have in excess of two point two million. Okay, as, so that's our starting. Point. That's our red line. That's here. our that's our red line. More than two point two, the I love you will maybe need to think twice about that. Okay, so keep going. For married couples with an estate in excess of two point two million, we're creating an estate tax savings trust to ensure that they can both fully utilize each of their own individual exemption amounts. Okay, there's something called a Q-tip election. We were talking about off the air here. What's that again? A Q-tip election, this is an IRS-defined acronym. Q-tip stands for Qualified Terminable Interest Property. Sounds exciting. Here's what it means. Okay. It means I die first, and I leave half of my estate, or my entire estate, my wife's and my half, into a trust for her benefit. Okay. That qualifies for the marital deduction and allows that trust asset to be exempt from estate tax. Okay. If she gets the income from that trust for life. And then the determining event, the terminable interest, is that upon her death, the property then passes to our kids. So it's just an IRS acronym that applies. All it really does is allow you to use a trust within your will to either, yes, I want to use up my estate tax exemption, or no, I don't want to use up my estate tax exemption. I want to defer whatever it goes in over and above the estate tax exemption until my spouse's death. This is where it gets complicated. So long story short, it's a tool that the IRS lets you use dependent upon your personal situation, and that's why it's important to talk to folks like yourself who know the ins and outs of these sorts of things. That's that's 
really a, a good way to look at it. The, okay. the Q-tip election, unless I'm talking to a CPA, n- most clients don't want, don't know what it is, don't want to know what it is. They say, Evan, tell me this is going to work. <laughs> Got it. All right. So what about Washington estate taxes? We're talking about Washington specifically here. What can you do there? Well, because Washington State enacts a tax on Washington residents, the simple thing is you can move to another state. That will exempt all your property that's not located in the state of Washington from the Washington estate tax. What doesn't occur on that event is any real estate that you own within the state of Washington would remain subject to Washington estate tax rules. Well, that makes sense. You can't exactly have, uh, you know, property owned in Washington to be taxed under the laws of another state, right? You're kind of beholden to that. You are beholden to that. But if you are, if you move your state of residency out to that other state, maybe that has a greater good for you. Yeah, and, and there's there's other considerations to think about because if you move to a state with a state income tax, maybe you save on the estate tax, but now you're, for the remainder of your life, paying a state income tax. Do not cut off your financial nose to spite your face, essentially. These are all things you have to think about. Yeah, so the, the best solution is to move to Nevada because there's no taxes <laughs> at all but on anything. But it's Nevada. All due respect to our friends in Nevada. Yes, absolutely. As we're sitting here in uh, north central Washington, what other ideas uh, can people use or tactics can people use to lessen the amount that they have to pay? Charitable giving is probably the most fun part of the planning for avoiding a state tax because there's there's a one dollar for dollar you know deduction for any charitable gift that you make. And you're making your assets go towards something good, ostensibly. You're making your assets go for the betterment of society. What you're what you're unable to do to in order to get that estate tax deduction is ensure that you get the deduction and the property goes to your kids. Sure. But if you're if you're in this kind of wealth category where you're planning around estate taxes, a lot of people are charitably inclined. And so this is where you can avoid estate taxes by giving to charity after your death. Evan, it is devil's advocate time. Are you ready? Yes. What do you tell clients who tell who ask you? Come on, can I just give it all away before I die? I want to avoid the estate tax. I want to give it all away. Can I do that? You can give it all away. Uh, Washington has no gift tax. So in Washington, you can give it away without any Washington tax implications. I feel there's a but coming on here. There there is a but. (laughs) Okay. The IRS has a gift tax, and it's tied into the federal estate and gift tax exemption amount. So... Uh, most people who are giving their property away are not going to be subject to the gift tax, but they will have a gift tax reporting obligation. And I'll, I'll clarify that. Please do. The federal estate tax has an exemption of $11.2 million per person. If you die, that's what your exemption is. If you give $11.2 million away during your life, that's not subject to gift tax. The exemption is combined, estate and gift exemption. So okay. you can give it away during life. You can give it away at death. If it's more than $11.2 million, you're paying tax on it. Lifetime. Lifetime. Okay. But there is a carve out, and that's the annual gift tax exclusion amount. And that's, that's an amount that you can give tax-free without having to report the gift or use up any of your gift tax exemption. Is that to a particular individual repeated, or is that also a cumulative tax? It is an annual exclusion on a per person basis. So okay. I can give $15,000 per person per year. So for married couples, you can give $30,000 per person per year. Okay. Let's talk about income taxes for a moment and especially how property interplays with income taxes. 
How does property passing through your estate get into income tax benefits? Yeah, this is this is another consideration for gifting during life versus holding property until death. Okay. There are different income tax rules that apply for really when you sell the property. There's, it's not a wealth transfer tax. It's an income tax on at the time of sale. So this is where I think an example is, is the easiest way. Okay, hit me with an example. Okay, I own 100 shares of stock that I paid $1,000 for in 1985. Okay. That stock is now worth a million dollars. Hello, Apple. Okay, <laughs> okay. so I've got 900000 990000 in built-in gains tax. Sure. It's just waiting until I sell, uh-huh. and then I pay capital gains tax. Which is a monster. If I give that stock to my kids the day before I die, mm-hmm. great, I avoid a state tax. It's under the federal exemption amount. Washington has no gift tax. It's out of my estate. But? But it does not receive the same tax treatment as if it would have passed through my estate when my kids sell it. So if my kids sold that stock the next day, they'd pay the full capital gains. They would receive my $1,000 basis in the stock, what I paid for it, as their tax basis when they sell it. The amount you paid for at the original buying price, that would be grandfathered in, essentially. That would be grandfathered in. They call it the carryover basis. So that that carryover basis applies when you do a gift during life. During life. But if it passes through your your estate, different rules. Different rules apply. That's where the IRS applies what's called a stepped-up basis. And that step-up in basis adjusts what you paid for it for tax purposes to its fair market value on the date of your death. So it would seem like the smarter play to let it pass through your estate so your children or your heirs or whomever your descendants are gets the full value of what you plan on giving them. That's correct. So in that particular example, the million dollars worth of stock, I hold it through, through it passes through my estate and goes to my kids under the terms of my will. They then sell it the next day. They pay no capital gains tax or whatever the difference in value was between my date of death and the date of their sale. Is it the same type of line of thought from stocks also to property, or are there different rules for property as well? No, they're the same rules. They're the same rules. So they're you want to hold rules. on to your stocks, your property. Whether it's, whether it's real estate, whether it's um, stocks and bonds, you know, the one thing that doesn't have any basis other than its value is cash. So if, if you're going to be doing gifting during life, gift cash. Got it. So that's what the kids want anyway. <laughs> well, and also it seems like, especially when we were talking about these end-of-life decisions, if you are making these decisions that things need to pass through your estate, not only making these plans, but being very transparent with your heirs about where this is going before you pass. So if there are any questions or comments at all, that's all taken care of while you can still answer those questions. I'd imagine that would make this whole process a whole lot more smooth. It does. There are ways where you can do some of this planning through powers of attorney and through your wills where you have equalizing provisions. So if, if for example, you gave more to one child during life than another, you can do some creative equalization through you know, the allocation of property in your will. But, but yes, that's correct. I mean, in, for most circumstances, you want to have full transparency with the kids, with the parents, understanding when is the tax benefit really the, the driving factor? When is it not? If you give everything away during life, you can avoid 
tax, but will you have enough in the event you need long-term care? There's there's many considerations that go into this, tax planning just being one of several other factors. Lots of great ideas, lots of detail, lots of threads. We'll try to bring them all together when we wrap up right here on JDSA's Law Talk. That's coming your way next. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Visit us now at JDSALaw.com. Healthcare law, it's evolving and complex. At JDSA Law, we provide essential legal support to address legal health care issues. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Join the conversation. Send us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Well, welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. If you'd like to hear a discussion about another legal topic that's affecting you personally, or professionally. Listen to other episodes of JDSA Law Talk at jdsalaw.com. I'm your host, Clint Strand, talking with our featured attorney, Evan McCauley, about estates, estate taxes, and what you can do to minimize your exposure. Evan, we gave a lot of tips. We got into a lot of detail. Let's bring it all together for the folks listening to this conversation. What are the main points that you want folks to take away from this? Well, I think one of the main points is, is it's a complex area of law and your estate plan and estate tax planning really involves more than your attorney. You really need to coordinate your plan with your CPA, your financial advisor, and in many cases, your life insurance agent, if you, if you have life insurance. And the group, the team, needs to really coordinate and understand how are these assets passing, how are they owned, and what tax implications will they have? Well, sure, because if you have a financial advisor, an accountant, and an attorney, they might not be seeing the entirety of the financial picture here or the financial landscape, yes? That's correct. And oftentimes, you know, when, when we're doing the planning, we engage them up front to ensure that we have the whole picture because that, that's one of the complicating factors for me is if I don't have the entire picture, how can I ensure that we're planning effectively? I have to imagine that these are plans that are best not devised hastily. This, it's best to take time on these sorts of things, yes? Well, it, in, in many cases, it doesn't take that much time. As really? Lo- as, as long as you can get all of the people who are decision makers in the same room and have a full understanding of what their goals are. Implementing the plan, unless there's a family-owned business or, or assets where you're really looking to sell them or restructure how you own them, from a tax planning st- you know, standpoint, there's really three things you can do fairly quickly. You can implement tax savings trust in your will to ensure that you each get to maximize your own exemption. You determine if you want to do charitable planning and whether that's going to come into play. And then you look at whether gifting makes sense for you. And really, that, that gifting analysis, if it's tax-driven, is going to be an income tax versus estate tax analysis. Certainly, generally seems simple enough, but the devil is in the details, and the details are what you are good at. It makes good sense to confer with attorneys like JDSA Law Attorneys. You have been assisting with estate planning, tax law, and related matters for a lot of years, and you can help these folks protect their interests with, like you said, very simple goals, but make sure the details are down solid, right? That's correct. And, and really, the takeaway is it's pretty straightforward if you will sit down and do it. Because once you get your professionals involved, they're going to guide you through the complex details. Evan, always a pleasure. So good to talk to you. Thanks, Clint. And thanks for joining us for this episode of JDSA's Law Talk. Remember, if you have a legal matter and require solid legal advice, connect with a member of the JDSA Law team at JDSA Law. 
LawTalkRadio.com. You can also hear Law Talk episodes on other topics and submit your questions or suggestions for a future show. I'm your host, Clint Strand. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk. You've been listening to JDSA's Law Talk. Topics covered in this program are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be professional advice. Before making any legal decision, seek the advice of a relevant professional. To ask a question, arrange a meeting with a JDSA attorney and find Law Talk episodes on other topics. Connect with us at JDSALaw.com. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk.